The opinions expressed during this podcast are the individual's own and do not represent those of Wyndham City Council. Hello and welcome to Recently Returned. My name is Kirsty and I'm one of your librarians at Wyndham City Library. I'm joined here by Anita, one of my colleagues, and we're going to talk to you today about horror. So when we decided to do a horror episode uh, in honour of Halloween, um, we had had a lot of chats in, in the office about horror as a literature genre and what constituted horror and what didn't. Because especially with so many horror films out there uh, and a lot of slasher movies and things like that, um, you don't, you don't get that kind of same feeling from a horror book. So people were, we were finding were very shy to um, name something as horror because they were thinking they needed that same kind of jump scare feeling or being terrified. Um, whereas horror um, literature tends, tends to have more of, a, more of a slow creep or disturbing ideas or all that kind of shudder response when you when you read something particularly gruesome or or well horrifying uh, so i actually looked up horror um which which comes from um the old french by by way of latin um and it, it comes from the meaning to tremble or shudder uh, so there are lots of books out there um, in the in the horror genre, which which give you that creepy crawly feeling or that that sense after you've turned the last page that are, are people around you secretly plotting, or do they have these monsters lurking inside them that you that you don't know? Uh, and some of some of the best horror is is a very slow slow build. Um, but it does mean horror is a very diffuse genre and, and bleeds into a lot of other things like dark fantasy um, or you know adventure, crime, even, even romance. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I think horror as a genre, um, if you ask someone today, their first thought would be of the movies. You know, your Jasons, your Nightmare on Elm Street, and even now with the revival of Stephen King movies, yeah, I it think and it Pet and Pet Cemetery, exactly like the remakes of those. So, I think horror on screen, where you can see the blood and you can see the fear, um, and, and you've the got music. the creepy music. Yes, it's the music that always gets me. It just, yeah, that's what causes that jump scare for me, anyway. And um. I'm a bit of a wuss when it comes to horror movies, but um, it's certainly a lot more tolerable in books because it's your imagination creating the scene. So you make it as scary as you want and you don't have to have the creepy music <laughs> in your ear um, preparing you for that jump scare. And you can just close the book and go for a little walk and <laughs> then come back if you need to. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, absolutely right. Like horror fiction, it kind of like you, yeah, it doesn't really get talked about as much. It sort of bleeds out into the other, like your thrillers and crimes and paranormal romance. Speaking of paranormal romance and urban fantasy and things like that, I read a lot of speculative fiction. And in preparing for this episode, 
I was thinking back on things that I've read and was really surprised at exactly how many vampire books I've read and how many zombie books in particular I've read. Um, you know, you've got your, your young adult ones like Rotten Ruin by Jonathan Mayberry, which is fantastic, but um, the two that I'll speak about today um, is the, the News Flesh trilogy by Mira Grant, um, which is a pseudonym of Shauna Maguire, who um, writes the award-winning October Day uh, urban fantasy series, which is one of my favorites. Um, so I picked up the first book, Feed, uh, because I knew that it was a pseudonym of one of my favorite authors. And it's set, like, I think about 20 years post-zombie apocalypse, so what's happened is uh, humanity came up with a cure for cancer and they came up with a cure for the common cold. But then when those two cures interacted with each other, they created um, a, a virus um, which turns people into zombies. And there are three ways to turn into it. Everyone's infected with this, mm. everyone. Um, and there are three ways to turn into a zombie. A, you die and you come back. B, uh, you're bitten by someone and it sets off that reaction in, in your body. And, um, and, and C, um, spontaneous um, amplification. Um, so someone can just be walking around and happen <laughs> to turn into a zombie. The, the story center, centers around this small group who are um, journalist slash blogger slash adventure um, people. So they drive around like doing blogs and video posts and things like that. And that's how they make their living. And it, it kind of, it's, it's part ho horror, part adventure and, and a large dose of um, political um, suspense because they're following campaign trail of a president and who who is then um, sabotaged and his family um, home is um, infected with the live zombie virus and they have to figure out who who's doing it and uh, I listened to this uh, uh, the first book um, in audio and it was just really tense but I'd, I'd definitely give it a go. It's, it's full of great action scenes and um, the, the research um, the author has done into, into virology is, is really interesting. So it feels very real and grounded um, in, in what uh, can happen. Um, and the second, the second zombie book, uh, I think you've also read um, Girl With All The Gifts by M.R. Carey. Yes, I have read that one, yeah. Yeah, it's my, it's my go-to horror recommendation yeah. um, when, when someone asks me, actually. I, I just feel that, that the characterization is so brilliant. Um, every, every character like, is a hero, but they're also a villain. So mm. you go along and you're like, oh, okay, this person is... And then they do something so horrific mm. that you, you have to rethink your entire position uh, about, about what's going on. Mm. Um, but this is another post-zombie post um, mm. apocalypse kind of, kind of novel. Um, and 
the the title character Melanie is a young girl who's being kept in a institution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not oh yeah, institution. She's not there of her own will, definitely. Yeah. So that's a good term. But it's not quite a prison. She hasn't done anything wrong. So Yeah. Yeah. And the children are kept muzzled or locked up mm. and, and you find that they are conscious zombies. Mm-hmm. They feel the over overwhelming urge to to consume living flesh, mm. uh, and and it's triggered by smell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are also thinking, feeling beings, and um, so they go to school during the mm. day. And uh, the teacher, uh, the young girl, has a crush on the teacher, and eventually she is taken to be dissected mm. uh spoiler alert <laughs> <laughs> that happens early on yeah that's, it yeah, that's not the story yeah that's it's just not a the trigger story. yeah <laughs> so um the teacher tries to break her out mm. um because she can't can't bear for melanie to to be to be killed and dissected mm. this way uh and the rest of the the book is is kind of everyone on the run because in in breaking out the the zombies also like overrun the institution so mm. now it's a now it's a survival game um and and it's non-stop really till till the end of the book which mm-hmm. is very explosive and i wasn't sure like how i thought like what i thought about the end of the book and after i sat with it a while i i was quite quite impressed and I don't know that it could have ended any other way but mm. it, it was still one of those shock twists mm. yeah it definitely keeps you on the edge that one and like you said that um yeah you're constantly questioning who who am I meant to be following here where is my allegiance meant to be yeah. because all the characters are very gray and maybe that's just morality in a post-apocalyptic world but you just, um, yeah, you, you know, it doesn't quite gel right with how we live today. But um, it's definitely a really, yeah, a really good read. I remember not being able to put that one down. So mm, it's a good one. Yeah. Have you um, read anything you'd like mm. to, to suggest to our listeners? Yeah, well, I think um, when I was thinking of horror books, I remember thinking, oh, I used to, I loved horror as a kid. I read just obsessively all the R.L. Stein books in my local library and all the um, Christopher Pike and um, Diane Ho had a series called Nightmare Hall. And I would like read one a day and I was a big horror reader and I eventually grew out of that. Um, and I didn't think myself a big fan of horror until I realized what actually is horror and that a big um, kind of genre within horror probably wouldn't its own genre in a way I guess is um gothic fiction so um and I'm a big fan of gothic fiction I've come to realize a lot of my favorite books are gothic fiction so I yeah I kind of realized that um I'd been reading horror without realize I was (laughs) without realizing I was reading horror um yeah so um it got me thinking like so what exactly is gothic fiction and and how does it get this separate genre And um, according to the Encyclopedia of Literature, Gothic fiction is expected to be dark and tempestuous and full of ghosts, madness, outrage, superstition and revenge. So definitely a lot of dark elements, but kind of lacking that 
you know, blood, gore and zombies that you might find in modern yeah. horror. Um, you, I think you'd also, you could um, also expect in Gothic fiction a romantic element that seems to be quite common. Um, and the way that they combine horror, romance and the kind of psychological um, aspect is pretty common and I think the romance probably comes from the the romantics that were that was a popular movement at the time as well in art and in writing and poetry as well so kind of bled into um, gothic fiction some of my favorite gothic fiction um, first thing that comes to mind is Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte which um, I first read as a teenager and I think I've read maybe not once a year <laughs> almost <laughs> once a year since then once every second year maybe yeah. Um, and yeah, that, that one definitely has uh, the romantic element, but there's also, um, like the story starts with Jane as a young girl, the red room and there's the yeah. red room and, you know, she sees a ghost in the red room. So already you've got that kind of creepy feeling and you've got a creepy feeling about Jane as well. Like her aunt thinks Jane is, is evil and a demon child and you know you're wondering yeah. well is she you know well, why did you see that ghost what's going on here um and then you you move on um with jane to um her first position as governess um with mr rochester um enter romantic love interest um but he you know he their first encounter also has an element of uh the, the mysterious and the spiritual as um rochester falls off his horse and he thinks yes. there's there's a spiritual mystery that that caused that so um yeah that those sort of things appear commonly uh throughout Jane Eyre and um I think the biggest mystery is who's in the attic yes yes there's there's someone or something in the attic causing all sorts of accidents in the house so that's definitely one of my favorites and um if you haven't read Jane Eyre highly recommend the last one I'll just talk about is The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde, which is sort of um, still considered gothic fiction, but part of the kind of Victorian revival of gothic fiction in yeah. the late 1800s. Um, so Picture of Dorian Gray is one, but some other titles from that time would be The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, um, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Well, speaking of, mm. of Dracula, that's actually one of one of the staff recommendations that oh, yes. was sent through. So um, Emily um, said that uh, Dracula is a gothic horror novel that every fan of classic literature should read. Um, it's an intriguing story with plenty of unease and suspense and puts every film adaptation to shame. Mm. Um, Emily said it's full of fascinating mystery and plenty of memorable characters, not the least Count Dracula himself. Mm. So, yeah, definitely one of the, the most well-known horror characters, Dracula. So, yeah, go back to the source and read Bram Stoker's. And that was part of that gothic revival um, of which Picture of Dorian Gray is one as well. So um, this was probably the first Oscar Wilde I've read. Um, and it just, yeah, I, I guess I had never really thought of it as, as I said, all, the, all of these favourite books of mine that were never horror, but I never thought of it as yeah. gothic fiction at all. But... Um, when you think back on it and look for the elements, they're definitely there. Um, if you, as the title says, the picture of Dorian Gray, there is a painting of Dorian that he um, commissions and the painting begins to take in all of the, the awful things and the awful person that Dorian Gray becomes while he himself remains young, youthful and apparently angelic to the world around him and everyone loves him. 
Um, so there's definitely that mystery there, like, you know, what sort of deal with the devil has Dorian made to, to remain so young? Um, and then there are characters that definitely represent kind of demonic, dark um, elements that influence Dorian. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great book and it's a great book also around kind of morality and how we live, but, you know, keeping you kind of wondering um, what other spiritual elements are at play. Yeah, yeah no, definitely a good one. Excellent. Mm. Well, we might uh, finish, finish up with, we've got one more staff recommendation that was sent through uh, from, from Alice. And then we've got some community recommendations. So thanks to everyone who sent those through. Uh, so, so Alice, um, we were talking about this in the office and then she sent me through a, a bit of information. Um, she recommends You by Caroline Kepneys. She says You is the creepy but addictive point of view of an obsessed stalker. Um, perhaps the most twisted part as a reader is not being quite sure who to cheer for. Um, you has been adapted into a series on Netflix, although the book is more graphic and chilling. Um, you is not for the faint of heart, but definitely worth reading even if you've already seen the show. Uh, so when we were discussing this in the office, um, Alice was explaining that you um, is, is yeah, a stalker who's following this woman who shares everything on social media. So the stalker knows you know, where she lives and what she likes to eat and who she's visiting and all this kind of stuff, which is, which is very topical, which I think would, would make the, mm. the, um, the book and, and even the, the adaptation even scarier. Mm. So yes, if you're worried, come into the library and we'll show you how to, how to, how to look at your privacy settings. <laughs> yeah, don't let this happen to you. <laughs> Uh, and so we had some community recommendations sent in after we shared um, our, our post on uh, Facebook and Instagram about, about the horror episode. Uh, so um, Megan has sent in two recommendations. The first one is for Let the Right One In by John IVD Lindquist, uh, who is a Swedish um, author who's, who's written a lot of horror blockbusters, um, I think, Many of them have been adap adapted into, into film. Um, certainly Let the Right One In has. Um, apparently the books are a lot, a lot more mm. full on than, mm. than the films. So the films even uh, tamed, tamed uh, Let the Right One In a little bit. Mm. Uh, so that should be interesting. And she's also recommended uh, Alice Isn't Dead uh, by Joseph Fink, which is a novelization based on the hit horror podcast of the same name. Uh, I haven't read the book, but I was listening to the podcast. I, I admit I gave up on the podcast after the first episode because I was listening to it while driving home from work in, in the dark down a country <laughs> road. And... It, it, it got to a particular point that, that just made me shudder so much. I, I hit the radio <laughs> button so quickly, um, but I've just started to go back to give it another listen, listen. After, um, after seeing this recommendation. And uh, I'm enjoying it a lot more during the daytime. I was going to say, maybe <laughs> one for, you know, bright sunny days in a well-lit and yeah. well-populated area. Uh, Shonk? 
recommends the Southern Reach trilogy by Jeff Vandermeer, um, calling it a strange sci-fi horror. Uh, the first book is Annihilation, which has been also adapted into a film with Natalie Portman. Mm. Uh, I admit I have read, I've read the first book and, and I agree that strange sci-fi is, mm. is an apt description. It's mm. really, really good. Um, but it does, it does leave you thinking very hard about what's going on. Mm. I've, I've actually seen that movie. Um, I didn't realize that had been a book. Um, and I see, I definitely agree about the makes you think like, yeah, you're wondering, have I actually understood what's happening or not really? And I don't, I'm not sure I really did yeah. until right at the very end. So yeah, um, I'd be interested to read that one myself. Yeah. The movie was, was quite good. JP recommends The Ballad of Black Tom by Victor Laval, which is a novella set in the Cthulhu mythos, but without Lovecraft's blatant racism. It won a bunch of awards when it came out in 2016. Uh, and Marcel uh, recommends any graphic novels by Junji Ito, who's best known for titles like Gaio, The Death Stench Creeps, and The Enigma of Amagara Fault. Um, I have seen these graphic novels in our adult graphic novel collection, so I'd imagine they're they're a bit more violent and a bit more well graphic than uh, some of some of the titles in the rest of our collection. Uh, so maybe give those a go if you you're looking to um, expand into graphic novels. Anita, do you want to take our last one? Yeah, Elena. Um a last recommendation from Elena, she has recommended the works of Shirley Jackson. So another um, classic horror writer and one of her best known would be The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, so. no, I know I, I've seen that pop up a bunch of times and haven't, mm. haven't read it, but it's just one of those titles that, that you know in the, yeah. back, in the back of your head. Yeah, uh, and that you keep seeing around, but it's added to the very long list of to reads and I've just added yeah. a few more, so. <laughs> unending really <laughs> and that's about all we have time for so thanks again to everyone who sent in their recommendations and thanks to everyone listening at home we hope you've found a couple of books to add on your reading list don't forget you can reserve titles online using your library barcode number and pin and if you'd like to contact the podcast team you can do so at libraries in Wyndham on Facebook and Instagram happy reading